ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. How's it going, everyone? Hope you're all doing well, wherever you are in the world and whatever you're up to um, and wherever you're listening from. It's always really cool to find out where everyone's from when they listen to these things. It surprises me at times how far these things go. You know, people from, um, I had people even from from China <laughs> reaching out. I don't even know how people from China understand what I'm saying. <laughs> but um, people from all over the world, Australia, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast from Australia which is really cool. A lot of people in Ireland, in Scotland, um, all over the globe, there seems to be people uh, creeping up. There was a, a guy from uh, Uganda who reached out at one time who listens to the podcast. You know, when you hear someone from Uganda reach out, it's insane. Argentina, Mexico, uh, Chile. You know, there's, there is people, a part of this community who are all over the world and it completely blows my mind to say the least. So in this one today anyway, this was a live Q&A. That was recorded from la- fresh off the canvas just from last night. I don't know if you were already over there and watching and you just listened to this again. Maybe you are. I know some people do that to listen in again while they're on the move walking around. Um, so this was a live Q&A which me and Laura recorded. Uh, we talked about so many different interesting stuff. and We talked about soul contracts, uh, walk-ins, um, cycle of reincarnation, shadow work. Uh, this one went all over the place, you know. Um, it was a really a very personal one. This, in my opinion, we really uncovered a lot of personal stuff that um, things that were we're moving towards and working on in our own individual lives. So um, this was a cool one, anyway. And if you can, as always, guys, please, I can't reiterate this anymore. Please consider supporting the podcast through the one-off donation option or the Patreon page. You know, the price of a cup of coffee. Um, you know. Even if you just buy buys a cup of coffee, it's it goes such a long way, and it really um you know it really promotes and helps me to keep doing this podcast and just keeps the lights on because you know these things are far and few between right now. Real authentic conversations, um you know I know I know you know it take, does take a lot to put a lot on the line in terms of you know speaking your truth fully, um and that comes with a lot of sort of consequences within society. Um so all I'm saying, guys, if you can please support this mission and what I'm trying to do here, this bringing this authenticity to you, um, it just really helps me. That's all I'm saying anyway, you know. Um and also if I'm doing also now doing some one-on-one personal coaching, if this also interests you on your journey, I have a sign-up form on my website, which is at the Send uh, Body Mind website. If you just type in a send podcast, I'm sure you'll find it anyway. So I love you all and enjoy this one. Peace out. How's it going, everyone? Hope you're all doing well, wherever you are in the world. Uh, it's really cool to see similar faces turn up again. 
Uh, so some we obviously want to dive in and do a Q and A again, um, but some just wanted to have a couple of little bits of observing my thought. Um, I would love to know what you have all been up to today as well in your daily uh, your daily life. Um, me and Laura today we just went down to uh, a beautiful little spot which is not far from where we're currently located, and we did some uh, cold water um, practices where we were diving in the cold water. It was so cool, and I had this funny experience where um, I was training at the park, and uh, Laura was like. Oh, I'm gonna go in the water. Um, do you want to come? And I was like, turned around two seconds later, and she was already in the water, um, stripped down, fully naked. Yeah. <laughs> I love the water, mate. <laughs> I wasn't naked though, so don't be getting that idea in your head. I was having this uh, concept of a day as well. I was thinking about, um, you know, when it comes to uh, metaphysical uh, practices and sort of, you know, the the bigger metaphysical principles in life, and how you know you get a lot of people who are on the sort of on the fence and they, they don't believe that there's more to this place and stuff like that and i was sitting um in the sun the other day and i was noticing how the wind was moving through sort of the landscape and i was thinking about this concept about you know how the wind is sort of an unseen force you know it, we can feel it but we can't see it and it sort of it can move objects and it can we can feel the breeze in our skin and that's kind of it's a kind of very similar metaphor i was thinking at the time of the of the things the unseen world that we can't see in our life you know because I, I really do feel like you know everything does have its roots everything in this physical reality has its roots in the unseen world i just kind of feel like we we've sort of maybe lost uh, touch with that and then um, something really funny the other day as well um i seen this meme and it was a, a girl um and she said um i'm seeking and then it had like a dot and it said tick for man tick for woman and then at the bottom, the, the man and the woman's ticks were sort of gone. Then at the bottom, it said tick for uh, I'm I'm a woman who just wants to live in the cat in a, in a woods in the cabin uh, by myself in the woods. Um, so I kind of feel like there's a lot of people like that right now on the planet who you know who just want to um, live in a cabin in the woods away from society. Um, also as well, another little observe my thoughts have been having a lot lately is I want to do a, a really in depth podcast on this about soul contracts. This is something that me and Laura have. Um, sort of uh, come to terms with over the last uh, one year we've been together and trying to sort of figure out how maybe we made a contract before we came here and past relationships that we've had and how that sort of influenced our lives and did we learn things from them relationships or previous encounters in our lives that we needed needed to because um, I kind of feel like um, you know before I do feel like things that I've been tapping into I do feel like maybe before we all came here we did make sort of um, soul choices, you know, and soul lessons that we wanted to learn and uh, try to understand and, uh, and and work through in this sort of this physical uh, dense reality. Yeah, and um, Dolores Cannon says that if you had an enemy in the past life, you may that may be a sibling that you have in this life, and it's it's kind of hard to think about like what dynamics would have went on for you to to manifest a, a like a kind of toxic relationship because. Uh, I've had experience with this where like I've I've had a t- quite a toxic relationship with somebody but I've, I felt like it was a sole contract for them to teach me certain things of why my past has been the way it is and for me to teach them certain things. So yeah, it's really interesting uh, concept. Yeah, I think as well karmically it's a, it's an interesting one because if if the the theory of sole contracts is true and correct and like Laura said we know in the past you can have sort of challenging relationships or challenging experiences. It kind of makes you question, you know, if if it is tied to calm, karmic events, which a lot of interesting minds like Dolores Cannon speaks about this, how she believes that it's this. That's why we come in and we have these life lessons is because they're karmically tied to our past lives. Kind of makes you think, I know Laura said this before, of, 
you know, if that is the case, then what have we done in our past life? You know, what have we been interacting into? Uh, what bad have we done? And how how many sort of life cycles have we got to go through to undo maybe certain experiences of things or bad things in the past that we've done, you know? Yeah, Kieran Franey says, I, I must have been drinking when I signed this contract. And I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like my soul's an absolute psycho. Like it has no, like, it was just like, there's a meme and it was like, um, it, it's Megan Fox holding like a knife to her tongue and it was like my soul apparently when I signed up for this incarnation just like absolutely like sadomasochistic just yeah an absolute psycho yeah and then uh, uh, wonder, wonderful van life said um, is it it's is this some sort of test? And now that's a really cool question because you know I kind of feel like that in every single day in my life that this place is just a test um, from every single level you know I feel like the, the tests are always presenting ourselves um, physically or metaphysically, whatever you want to say it as. But we just, you know, so in, in sort of with our, you know, when we live through our mechanistic nature and we just sort of, you know, walk through life sort of blase and not really sort of tune into that, I kind of feel like these lessons are coming in our, our lives all the time. So, for example, if you've had a past relationship that was just negative or maybe you were with someone that was, it was a, was a sort of a, wasn't a, t- a turbulent relationship, you would have just seen that as a part of life, maybe. You might have just seen it as something that just turned up in your life. But the, the position that I'm at on my journey now is I kind of feel like the deeper that you go with the work, you kind of start realising that nothing in this universe is a coincidence. Everything is presenting itself and turning up like for you, you know. I, I really do believe that now. And, you know, I kind of feel like when you, like I said before, when you're more rooted in the physical, you know, I kind of feel like it's easy just to, to not see that. But I, you know, it, but it really, everything is turning up for for you. I really believe that. Hundred percent. It's always yeah. working out for you in the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, so a first question I wanted to ask. It was actually someone commented um prior and it, it moved off, but it was a comment by Stella Shepherd. She said, um, what do you think, uh, people, what do you think people see in all this new age stuff is a psyop to distract us from the darkness on Earth. Um. I think I think it would be naive to think that there isn't going to be some psychological operations within the like the new age movement because of how popular it is. I think you know I had a I had an experience with this when I um when I first went through my awakening journey it's like it, it's kind of it, some people can present themselves as false light. And when I first started my awakening journey I was really drawn to it to a spiritual teacher who spoke a lot of truth and it did like and did help me out of a really dark place. But as I got further down the line, um, I realized that they kind of put themselves out there as a, an absolute authority. Like they knew the answers to the universe. They had the answer for everything. They could explain human suffering for every sort of dynamic that ever went on in somebody's life. And what I realized was as I was getting to a place where I was like, I'd healed a lot of aspects and wanted to, and wanted to kind of find out how to live, like live a life where I'm not constantly doing shadow work. This person didn't have any sort of, any sort of teachings for that. And there was always like, oh, well now you're stuck in this healing trap. Now you're stuck in that healing trap. And it was, it was kind of making me more confused and dependent on their teachings. So I feel like um, there is a lot of psychological operations within the spirituality community, but it's all to help sharpen our own discernment. Everything, out there is meant to help sharpen what's our discernment and how we interpret the world in here so 
I think it, yeah, I think it would be naive to say that there isn't any psychological operations. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, as well, just to spin it on the other side of things as well. What if the the darkness has actually prevented us from new age stuff? You know, so I kind of feel like just to break it down first, the new age stuff is quite a it's quite a taboo, taboo word. People kind of like to tend to use that to sort of, you know, maybe I've seen a lot of people in the community sort of use the word new age to sort of just dismiss something, you know, and kind of feel like, oh, they're just talking about all light and love, you know, it's that doesn't that's all bullshit, you know. Um, and I kind of feel also a lot of people who are using the word new age as well are, are kind of also, um, the way I like to put it is I don't like to put labels and things on on, on sort of certain topics and people and things like that because I think it kind of, it's kind of um, limiting to do that if you're putting labels on stuff. But a kind of a lot of people who are using these terms are trying to portray that they are the middle ground and that they know all the answers, you know, and I kind of feel like you believe, believe in them, you know, like they're the secret kings sort of thing. That um, they have all the answers because I kind of feel like a lot at the minute within the spirituality community. I've spoke about this before, but I feel like there's an, there's an attack on people using certain words like five D, six D, seven D, and things like that. Um, and I think there's a lot tied to that. But I think fundamentally, it's people are are being fundamentally people are being triggered by that. But also people are are trying to position themselves in a way where they are the the sort of the middle ground listen to me yeah. but you know when it comes to spirituality and looking at big topics you vet the more that you go down the path you start realizing that you know there's no middle ground the middle ground's always constantly evolving and changing you know so um that's what i kind of i kind of feel on that anyway yeah it's kind of having the balance of of understanding these higher concept topics but also grounding them back down to earth that's something that i've been thinking about recently it's like the sun is like a positive charge and that's where you get like all these like light spiritual um downloads kind of thing but the earth is the negative charge and you're meant to ground them back into reality and not be too in your head so it's kind of always using your discernment and trying to like trying to be centered within yourself yeah that's what it's always leading back to i mean look at look at what's going on in the world right now you know it's seen there is a darkness that's sweeping the planet you know from many different angles and you know i've something that i've learned is that you know my energy can be pulled very easily into that world you know um i can be too aggressive towards people or I can act in a certain way. I mean, that's just general day-to-day life. So I feel like, in general, I feel like this whole place is set up in a way where the darkness does try to test you to see how much you know you're going to react to that and be pulled into that energy because the darkness on the planet is is an energy, you know. Um, a lot of people within the spirituality communities don't even like to acknowledge the darkness as well. Like I said before, they all believe it's love and light, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the overarching theme of consciousness is love and light, but to get to that, you know, you have to go to the depths within inside of the self, transmute the, the darkness into the light, you know, uh, individually and collectively as well. Yeah, I think we're in we're in a third dimensional reality for a reason to experience polarity. So to say that it's just love and light, that may be true in the higher dimensions, but it's certainly not true in this, in this third dimensional reality we're living in. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to read that one? So uh, Arthur Good in The Kingdom of Souls says, Hi Dan, what are some crazy spiritual experiences you've had? Um, let's see again. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um. So, I think it was about the the second time I took psychedelics. Um, I had like a an experience where I was sitting in the bedroom, and I was obviously high on psilocybin, and I was kind of I was my first like. It was the first time I was really getting into psychedelics, so I was like kind of testing the waters. And my cat 
I was sitting upstairs in the bedroom and my cat was wanting to get in through the window. And when my cat came in the room, like once I let him in, he was going like, he was acting really strange. He was kind of sniffing around the room and he wasn't acting very normal. And I remember I was like going through the thought process in my head of how to interpret it. And I didn't know how to interpret the situation. And then this empowering belief came through. It's like, I can interpret this however I want to interpret it. I can interpret it that he's seen an evil entity or I can interpret it that he's like just sniffing around because he senses the heightened energy in the room. And as soon as I had that more empowering thought that I can choose how I perceive anything that happens in my life, um, this orange orb came over my left shoulder and my cat was on the other side of the room and he saw this orb and he literally ran across the room and jumped across my shoulder to get this this yellowy orange orb. And I literally, like, when I had that experience, I was just crying and laughing and just thinking about the dynamic that cats play in this realm and the dynamic that humans and cats have. And I just found it absolutely hilarious. So that was one crazy spiritual experience anyway. Oh, I found psychedelics. Yeah, um, that's interesting because I wanted to just jump in on, on Laura's point there about uh, animals and stuff because something that i've learned to um that i found quite crazy though at the beginning is that you know what when you do have these deep experiences where your consciousness is altered whether whatever way that you do that is i've had many experiences and i've been with laura and this and she can vouch for this where the, the you know the work is really being going down sort of say and the the energy or if you want to call it that is really being activated and we've been really in the thick of the work and you know the the cats for example laura's got two cats and the two cats in the room you know they know it's going down you know they really do it's if, when if you've had if you've got cats yourself i feel like there's a um, old uh, metaphysical principle that says that you know cats are the are the watchers of the of the uh, the guardian of the realm you know the garden of the earth realm where like for example dogs are the are the physical watchers but cats are definitely the metaphysical watchers you know and i feel like so things that I've learned about animals, I feel like, you know, animals are absorbers of people's energy. And I feel like animals can be, certain animals can be used to to um, take the take on people's traumas and stuff like that, if they've got owners and things like that. Um, but, you know, even for example, me and Laura watched a documentary a while ago, it's on, on Netflix. Uh, it's really, really cool. cool. It's about Egypt. I can't remember, it's called something about the hidden tomb, I think. It's quite gravel, there's a lot of gravel in it, you know, it's quite... Um, there's a lot of things that don't add up because it's quite surface on Netflix. But um, besides that, one of the most important things that I thought was interesting is that all of Egypt, you know, they 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 worship the cats. You know, they, they mummified the cats and to to make the, to allow the cats to tr- um, transfer their souls over into the afterlife with the person who had died. Um, so that's been evident that through ancient cultures of worship cats, and you've got to ask yourself why is that? You know, because because they also understood that animals specifically cats were the sort of the the metaphysical um sort of attunements you know to to whatever was going on to the work i was going to say something else oh yeah and actually native american native american cultures they also had a theory that they believed that when you pass over into the afterlife when you sort of um you know you get your when you get you you go to your judgment when your soul gets judged judged in egypt egyptians believe that your soul got weird with your f on a feather with your heart and um, they actually believe that once you go to that realm, all animals that you've interacted with in your life will actually judge you on where you move over in the next transition, which I thought is a really uh, interesting metaphor. Yeah. You know, it makes you question a lot of stuff. I think cats are really interesting. I think cats are like like Zen gurus because they teach you like to kind of look after number one first before you, before you like start interacting with other people cats will like choose whether they want to come to you or not and they'll look after themselves and they're very self-absorbed sometimes 
whereas dogs can teach you more about unconditional love and just being like attached to somebody and and being like just what's the word for it like just so pure yeah yeah it's interesting as well because they've got their own personalities i've learned a lot about cats lately you know i've never grew up someone who's grew up with animals um other than civilization <laughs> there's a lot of animals in civilization yeah. <laughs> a lot of dirty dogs <laughs> a lot of dirty dogs <laughs> but um obviously with me obviously being around laura a lot and um obviously interacting with her two cats it's kind of interesting because you realize that they also have their own individual traits as well where for example one of laura's cat uh, which is called um, Willow, is very sort of more subdued and very sensitive. And then the other cat's a bit more like me, Rocco. You'll just be trying to escape every two seconds out the window and climbing fences and jumping out. Mm. Had this funny example as well, which because I've never, um, I never knew how to hold a cat properly. <laughs> <laughs> never knew oh how to call God. the cat properly. And um, there's the cat Rocco. He keeps, I always let him out all the time because he just wants to be out. And um, this one occasion um we, we couldn't let him out and he just went to jump the fence and i instinctively just gra- i grabbed him there by the throat this poor little thing he had him by the neck one arm on the neck and one arm on the stomach and he was just sitting there like <laughs> and traumatized well, him yeah. for about a week <laughs> yeah you still haven't uh, figured out yeah pick i still haven't mastered how to pick up cats yet you'll get there so uh gabia says are you guys planning to live off grid yeah, we are actually. We really are. That's what was one thing that we really want to try and move towards is to into that direction. You know, we've got a lot of work to do yet. That's for sure. Yeah. We're still um, at the minute. We're still working on the the van build. We're very close to getting the the van finished at the moment. Yeah, we're just taking one task at a time. So the the van's going to be like a stepping stone to transition to moving onto the land. But obviously, we need to get the van completed first before we start like planning out where we're going to yeah. buy the land and things like that. Also, as well, Vanderful Van Life uh, Channel said uh, you should do the live from the van. Um, it says we're watching from an hour van, which is that's really cool. That by the way, that you're watching in the van. Um, that's something that obviously we're going to be doing in the future as well. We're actually going to be doing lives from wherever we are, you know, when we're traveling around in the van and stuff. But Looking we, forward to yeah, that. Yeah, definitely, we have some plans as well. To, um, you know, we're not just going to go head first into trying to, you know, the, the full transition to try to grow our own foods and stuff like that. We're going to try and, you know, learn a lot along the way. You know, we're going to volunteer at places and stuff and uh, figure out, you know, like learn the processes and stuff about how to actually grow the food. And, because, uh, you know, when we when you watch videos online, everyone makes it look easy and stuff. But I'm not underestimating the, the hard work that goes into sort of all the different processes on, on cultivating land, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just know that even though I know that I'm still a, I'm still like sort of a you know I'm still completely out of my depth in terms of probably the knowledge that is required to do that I just know that I'll I'll find a way to it you know I find a way to everything so I'll just find a way to it yeah it's actually quite scary that um like we don't have any sort of skills for growing our own food speak for yourself <laughs> we, come on <laughs> No, I've like, grew tomatoes before. Oh, well, I grew, I've grew chilies as well. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of scary, like um, the stuff that we rely on the most. We literally don't have a clue what to do with it. So it's going to be kind of empowering and exciting to learn learn that process. Yeah, Laura's Laura's idea of growing foods is um is uh, getting um a packet of frozen fruit food out of the fridge freezer and putting it in the microwave. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I'm only joking, not really. Cheeky. What's the next question? Oh, next question says uh, by Kai MFC says, "How have you both coped through lockdown? Has it changed your perspective on the world? 
or was it already very were you already very aware what was going on yeah so for me um it's definitely you know still it's sped up my it's sped up my it hasn't changed the way that i see in the world because i kind of feel like it's you know i really feel like it's only everything that's going on right now it just wasn't invisible sight it just wasn't at the surface it was already going on you know i've been someone who's been i've been trying to sort of um unlearn a lot of stuff that i'd been taught from every single level from the way i move my body the way i uh, uh, the way i see the world um all the education i have in my head from every single topic and i kind of feel like you know we're all it, it's it, it's evident to me that um and i don't want to speak from this position like this is the only reality that needs that needs to exist but i, I kind of it's easy to see for me over the last few years of all the research i've been doing when i've been minimalizing my life um i've been looking into uh healthy eating healthy foods how to grow my own foods and how to live more alternative ways of life that for so long on this planet we're moving in a direction that's not not aligned with me anyway and it's definitely not aligned with a lot of human beings because i think the evidence on the planet supports that you know look at the the death rates of suicides in the world people loneliness um community there's no really sense of community not not much more not in the uk there's not you know uh other other countries in the world have more sense of community uh but there's you know from a psychological and a spiritual um and a physical perspective we can all see that there is many things that are completely out of balance with it within society right now with you know we're despirited a lot of people don't have a sense of spirit where um, we're really rooted into the roots of society and um you know we're very mechanistic in how we live out our lives um and it's kind of you know i don't even for, ex- for example um over the last few weeks um me and laura haven't because we've been focusing on the van build and stuff and we've been trying to get in nature as much as we can we um the other day i had to go into um towards the the city center and it's about a 15 20 minute drive from here and when we drove into the city center as we we're getting closer and closer i could feel you know i could feel that heaviness from this from the sort of the the big skyscrapers from all the fast paced how everyone's driving so quick um so i kind of feel like I know that we all don't in our own individual lives we we maybe not in a position maybe you're not in a position right now where you can sort of take yourself out of that you know and for so long that i can you know for so long in my life i was i felt like i was so embedded in them patterns that i couldn't even take a step out because i was i had so many different things relying upon us i had different i was at a different point in the game so to say that maybe i didn't recognize that transition but now i've had a few weeks where i'm away from that and i've settling down a bit and taking life a bit more slower when i've put my body into that state of being into the fast-paced world i've really felt it on a, on a biological level in my body of how it you know it doesn't sit right it doesn't feel right so i kind of feel like when we're embedded in something we don't always get to see what's going on or what's happening because it just becomes the human body's very adaptive you know it's very, it becomes very natural like there's a there's a really um there's an old story about an indian guy who um came who went out into the countryside and went into nature and he said that he had to play uh, because he was so used to all the fast cars and sounds in the town cities in india that he had to actually play sounds on his phone that were that replicated that fast-paced life so that he could actually get to sleep so i think that kind of shows that the human body is very adaptive you know and it'll adapt to its to its environment i think we've proved that over and over again but ne- that necessary doesn't mean that's right i kind of feel like in that process there might be a lot of things that are getting lost through that transition you know that we don't necessarily sort of see on the surface but as we get more in tune with our bodies underneath that things are telling you you know 100 percent. i think for my answer the question is i like 
from my journal entries in like 2018, 2019, I was like kind of very aware that the, the world was going in a direction that I wasn't really happy with. Um, I remember once I wrote like, there was there was a lot of homeless people in this, there's a main street in Newcastle called Northumberland Street. And there was uh, so many homeless people in there and there was Christmas markets. And I remember seeing the policemen moving the homeless people out when they were just trying to, you know, like get something to eat or get some money. And I remember writing how disconnected we are as a society to pretend that we're so different from them homeless people. Like we would never be in that position. And I feel like what what 2020 did was it brought all those aspects. It just accelerated all those aspects that were already happening. You know, the world was already heading towards social distancing. People were already kind of becoming more and more disconnected from each other. What 2020 did was just kind of make it a law that people would do that. But I think what it did was allow, I know for me especially, it allowed a lot of um, shadow work to come up and for me to kind of work on what was in me that was perpetuating that system of, of disconnection and loneliness. So um, I think it, it definitely amplified our, well, certainly my spiritual awakening. Yeah. Come on. Do you know what your uh, personality type is on the Myers-Briggs? Crazy. Crazy. That's, yeah, that's right. Because uh, Kieran says he's an I INFJ and I'm an INFP. Be interesting to see what your um, personality is on that. What does that even mean? I've never even heard of that before. It's a it's a personality um, index. You can do a test online and see what you are. I know, I don't know a lot about it, to be honest, but I know that the I stands for introverted. F stands for feeling. I'm not sure what the N stands for and the J in that, but... I'll have to do some more research into it. So Claire Dyer says, Hi Dan and Laura, what are your thoughts on walk-ins and backdrop people? So Dolores Cannon talks a lot about walk-ins, doesn't she? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't really, you know, I haven't really done a lot of research in, in, the, in the question of walk-ins, you know. I, I don't understand the, the, princ the principle of it. Um, so my understanding of, of what a, of a walk-in is, is that how there is, I know there's there's many different connotations of this, but to my understanding, and correct us if I'm wrong in the comments with this, because like I said, I haven't done a lot of research, but that there's a theory that certain people are um, choose to come into this place, come into the come into life, um, to sort of help the help in the ascension of consciousness. Um, I've kind of had you know I've had moments where um, like I did a um, a video the other day when I was I spoke about the principles of Dolores Cannon, how she spoke about how there's different waves of consciousness consciousness is different waves of, of volunteers that come into this planet to help the ascension and i've had moments when um it's kind of hard because i've had moments of where i've done guided meditation specifically based around trying to discover whether i choose to chose to come here to help people um, I, and i've had big moments where I've, i have felt that but it's also like trying to discern between where the ego is overlapping that and trying to tell you that you've lived a previous life and you've chose to come here to help awakening, you know, because it's kind of it's a funny saying where it says, in a past life, no one says they were a garbage man, you know. Everyone always says they were like Dolores Cannon or Alan Watts or something, or Bruce Lee. Um, so it's kind of hard because the ego gets wrapped up in it as well to try and find out that truth. But I feel like regardless of that, you know, um, I feel like we're all here to, we all have a purpose to to navigate and and, and sort of affect different people and one of the just to i know all you out there are very open-minded and um 
But even sometimes when I try and convey some information across of the experience that I have, I still got to try and hold back. And it's not for your sake, it's for my own sake, you know, because I don't want to get locked up <laughs> by the, uh, white, the men in the white coats. But I've had Dolores Cannon speaks about how there are some people on the planet who can actually move through social environments, can move through places on the planet and energetically actually affect them just through them being. And I've had experiences on my own personal level, which I'm not going to fully get into now, where I have felt my own abilities through that. And I'm not saying that I'm special or anything. I'm just saying through my reality, what I've seen through my own experience is that I'm able to be in a room with someone and able to, without psychedelics, without anything um, added to the body, just with the natural state of consciousness, and, I'd, and I'm still trying to learn it and understand it, but I'm able to activate things in people, and Laura's experienced this as well, I'm able to activate certain elements within people to be able to bring on the work um, and make them feel more at ease so that they can bring things forward. You know, it's kind of very similar to like, I'm not saying that I'm a shaman, because I think when people call themselves a shaman, you know, they're, they're not a shaman. Um, you know, you don't just sort of, you don't read a, you don't do an online course on shamanism or go to a, a three-week shaman course and become a shaman you know it's it's a there's a lot deeper aspects to that even the greatest shamans in the world always talk about how um all, of all the ex, i mean there's an amazing uh, ayahuasca shaman called hamilton hamilton salfa who's actually been on the podcast and his tri, uh, tri, tri, uh, tribulations to actually become a shaman you know it's challenging very challenging like all the different things that you've got to experience all the different plants and um, all the different um you know, you've got to take all the different psychedelics that you've got to take when, when the group's taking ceremonies and stuff. So there's a lot of work, I feel like, to become a sort of a help and a hand or a, or a walk-in, whatever you want to call it, or someone wants to help people. Because um, something that I've learned through this experience as well is, is that when you, um, if you want to help people on that level, to that really deep level, you've also got to take a piece of their trauma or take a piece of their experiences into your being as well and you've got to sort of be able to be an alchemist to a sense and be able to take on their energy and release that into the ground or release it back into the earth you know and that's pretty deep like that's really deep but that's some experience that i'm learning at the moment of how you become a true alchemist where you can actually take on people's trauma and not in a sense i don't mean take it on and have to live it in your life but i mean be able to help that person in that moment process that and you feel it through your body and then expel it back to the earth you know yeah do you know what do you know anything about backdrop people because i've never heard anything about that i haven't no something's probably gonna have to look up it sounds like a yoga pose <laughs> so uh, backdrop he says introverted intuitive is look, i'll look into that though i would say you're both intuitives yeah i'm i'm i've done the personality test twice and i'm definitely an infp but i'd be interested to see what you are yeah, I don't like tests. I don't like things like that. I hate them. I just don't. It's not for me. Them tests. Um, like no, I, res I respect me. them. It's just it's not not for me. I kind of feel like I feel like you can get to that yourself. You don't need a like a test to tell you what you are. You know. I feel like you can. It's cool to see, but I feel like you know you, you no one knows you better than you know yourself. And that's just that's just the my same person. with gene keys though. You know. I know. Just, I know. It's just there's like, a lot. Like I said, I'm not ignorant to it. I'm just saying that I just feel like, I for me my personality type is that I just I get to it myself. You know. Yeah determined little bugger <laughs> so adam mcdade says how do you guys sustain yourself are you uh, both working on are you or are you able to commit to the podcast full-time asking for my friend steve as he is dead keen on by 
Doug Keane, but weighed down by his tenured lecturer post. Yeah, so we're, we're you know we're still we're just we're still trying to cultivate a life to live a life on our terms. You know, I've been working on that for such a long time, and it's a uh, when you when you're trying to you know when you're trying to become you know when you're trying to evolve your consciousness you don't only just evolve yourself from a spiritual perspective, you know, you're trying to manoeuvre and rearrange many different aspects of your life from, you know, um, from from your money, your finances, from the your living circumstances and everything. So this is a ongoing going process that's probably always going to be an ongoing process, you know, moving into. Like we are saying before, we're going to try and transition to living um, off-grid, you know, eventually. Um, so it's just an ongoing process, you know. Um, we do a lot of stuff online um, as well, um, you know, which sort of, try and find and cultivate different ways how to sort of just to you know not in a way to we're not me and laura's not in any position to try and we're not trying to make millions of pounds you know we don't want a million millions of pound we just want to we're just in a position now where we've made ourselves very easy to serve that um you know we don't require a lot um so we can um we've minimalized our lives from many different avenues and it's been a for me it's been a long going process that you know something i've worked on for a very long time Um, like i said i only i only left my job um when was it? Six, six. It wasn't there. It was about six months ago, maybe, maybe five months ago. Maybe about five months ago. Five months ago, I, I left me normal job that I was working in. So I kind of feel it's been a, it's been an ongoing process. Even in that, you know, I was going to part time and um, valuing time over working in a job. You know, so it's just been an ongoing process for me, and um, and I'm in a position right now where, you know, I've I've made a couple of decisions that have that are helping me progress in that position. You know. Yeah, I think it's just about minimalizing your life as much as possible, and that's what, like we say, we've we've both done in our own ways. And I think it's just having the the bravery to kind of have a bit of savings behind you and like leave a job and just trust the universe with what's going to happen. And obviously, I know that's a little bit different if you've got a mortgage and kids and and like debts tied tied around your neck. But um, we were kind of lucky to to kind of not be in that position and you you know it took you a while to kind of remove that mortgage and things off your neck yeah definitely yeah deaf deaf mortgage (laughs) (laughs) that's what it means doesn't it in latin mortgage it's like death payment or something death payment something like that that's That's something that i always knew like i didn't want to go into like i said and also just added that while laura's looking for another question i was being a bit lazy i should have been looking for one there (laughs) I was in a world of my own, um, but um, you know, we're all, well, every, all of us are trying to navigate that that way of life, you know, um, from every single angle. And who says that one way of life is is the right way of life? You know, maybe like there's always the famous stories about the guy who's um, there's a there's a famous story about a spiritual teacher who had thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the past. I think this is a true story. I can't remember who it was. Um, and he had thousands of people coming to him, hear him speak and stuff and, you know, wanting to give him money and stuff and he wouldn't take anyone's money. And the, he, he said that he never found more satisfaction because he, he kept his normal job going at the same time as he was doing that. He was a carpenter and he said he felt more spiritual than when he was being a carpenter than when he was doing anything else, you know. So I think it's kind of, you know, to to live the life that you want to live it doesn't necessarily mean it looks like a certain way because i kind of feel like also as well um maybe we're all guilty of this you know that there's a there's also this sort of mentality that's playing out right now that you to, to for you to be happy 
that you have to go and chase something, you know, but necessary, you know, happiness is a, is a state of mind and it can be found in many different things. Like the, some of the best, some of, the, some of my friends, you know, the, they work in normal trade jobs and they're the, the most, they're just, they're happy with that. You know, they're the most satisfied people on the planet, you know, they, they, they love that. Um, someone I know is a, a garbage man, you know, he, he loves doing that. So it's kind of like, you know, there's many, there's many ways to, to 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 what you want to achieve in life you know yeah there's no right way to live a life and i just think like us specifically are quite creative people so being in a kind of matrix job is is very sort of soul crushing for us yeah but some people manage just fine in those environments and can have that the spiritual aspect of themselves and still kind of thrive in that work yeah. environment it's just i definitely feel like i'm not one of those people yeah. and that, i think the same for you as well yeah i, I was just lucky in the, the last job that i did was um I was it was a job that allowed me to be out in nature and it also allowed me to listen to podcasts as much as I wanted to and educate myself on every single topic that I wanted to um and you know it's kind of also the, the by me removing things out of my life and being on a process it allowed me to not um you know not have to work 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week you know I just by minimalizing my life um from every single angle, you know, and um, I think if we make ourselves more easy to serve, I think we can all free a little bit of money up or something, or uh, move into a, you know, just move into a life that you want to live. And um, we can all we can all do it, you know. Yeah. It can look differently for for every every other person. Yeah, put the charger. Yeah. So, um, T. Sean sixty eight says. Imagine what it was like having all the feelings you two are having, the questions, and not having the internet. We just used to take mushrooms, then go to school the next day thinking, yeah, what definitely. the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, I think the internet's a blessing in some respects. I think that's what's helping accelerate the awakening. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, I mean, if... You know it's challenging as it, as it is anyway. You know without even without having other people around you. You know there's there's so many people who reach out on the podcast all the time and say that they've got no one to relate to around them. So kind of this this what we're doing now and what these communities and podcasts are doing. You know they're giving people that, you know that sort of allow them to sort of keep seeing in a way. You know because I was doing it for so long before I even met Laura. When I was working in the old job I was doing, I was listening to. I couldn't. I had not many people around me who I could relate to. And I was listening to all these podcasts and listening to these different points of perspective. And I think it's so important of how that is going to affect. I don't think we've really seen the, the, the effect of that yet. It's slowly starting to happen. You're seeing more people, you know, uh, rearrange their lives in different ways. But, um, you know, if we imagine in the past you would live out a certain life and you never have a sense of a different reality that you could try be a, you know, a different sense of a different reality that you could actually try or even because I think sometimes in life it's it's. Um, we 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 tend to the only limitations are the limitations that we put on ourselves, and if we don't have new maps in our head of new things that we can carry out or new perspectives or see people who are doing certain things, it doesn't it might not activate certain parts in you, and you might just go along thinking that that's the only reality, and this reality has to look in a certain way. So I think there's there's so much beautiful value in um like you know getting ideas or getting creative ideas or listening to podcasts from people to sort of maybe giving your ideas that you haven't because i feel like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are dormant within us all that we've all wanted to do um but it's you know it's about sometimes them first of all being activated and then you choosing what one you want to move to with inside of the self and rearranging your life or, or just going for it you know yeah 
Yeah. I think um, if we didn't have the internet when I was going through my spiritual awakening, I think I would have just labelled myself as like schizophrenic or something or psychotic because yeah. I was... Bef- before I met Dan or anybody or joined a society, I was literally having experiences where I was having out-of-body experiences and seeing aliens and things like that. But if I didn't have the internet to kind of to look at people and who are having these experiences and kind of normalize them, I would have just pathologized it and said, oh, I've got this, I need to go to the doctors and take medication probably. So yeah. So it's a blessing kind of to have people online who can share experiences. Yeah. Uh, Gabba, Gabba G, I always pronounce that wrong. I'm really sorry. Um, she said, hopefully one day I can have what you guys have. Yeah, you know, it's obviously, you know, I'm super grateful for having having Laura in my, in my life. But I will just give an, another bit of an honest spin on that, you know, is, is that like in in past relationships that I was in, you know, I was always wanting something like what me and Laura have got. You know, I was wanting to move my consciousness into something where someone I could relate to, someone who understands where I can I can be completely be fully be myself, which is 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 amazing. But also as well, that doesn't come with it comes with work. You know, when you are with someone who is like us, you know, um, and for example, I'm not saying that in a way to say that we're better or anything, but I'm just trying to say that you know, when when we're both thick in the work, you know, there's moments where the work doesn't stop, you know, and it's always bouncing between us and it's challenging because. Um, and you can all you can't escape from your shadow that's coming up in a moment. For example, if you're in a, a different relationship with someone else, or in a, or you with other friends and family, and if the other person in that relationship doesn't have a general awareness of deep work, or you know can't can you know doesn't have the ability to the to read you in a certain way or understand the shadow aspects that are coming up or the traumas and things like that you can kind of escape it for a while and just push it to the side and and, and brush it over but when you're in a relationship like this it's it's always coming to the surface you know we call each other out on the yeah. shadows that are coming up and things so it's the work's always there you know it's always trying to find that like sort of equilibrium between yeah. them yeah i kind of feel like one of the things before for when we're talking about soul contracts i kind of feel like one of the things why me and Laura have been put together is because I kind of feel like we have synchronistic aspects within us, mirror aspects of lessons that I have to learn and also that she has to learn. But I could never learn that by myself. I would have to have her as the vessel to learn that and vice versa, you know. 100%. Uh, and then there's also, in, in the middle of that as well, there's also sort of like um, things in the middle that we're dancing with, both of us, that are also teaching us through the, through that in the middle as well. If that makes sense, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> speaking in code. <laughs> um, I saw a question before. Uh, Paul Armstrong said, what did your old workmates think of your woo-wee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my old workmates. <laughs> they, they, by the, it's really funny because um, in the part of the world that, that I grew up in is, you know, even this was the same for my close friends as well, you know, um, it's a very hard work and you know mentality you know in the in the northeast of the uk uh, it's very sort of um you know very masculine and stuff you know it's like very uh like everyone likes the sport and stuff like that it's very masculine dominant and when for example when i was in work or something and i was you know i was because i was gradually just becoming myself you know fully and if someone said what you being up to and i was like i was just doing yoga they were like yoga isn't that for puffs <laughs> isn't that for girls um but you know, there's like stuff like that, you know, um, and it's kind of like in life we have to sometimes play different roles, you know, to to sort of, you know, we, we 
we all find ourselves playing different roles. And towards the end of my, uh, when I was in that job, for about the last two or three years, I, I was just, I was in a position where I was embodying my full self. And, you know, some of the looks I was getting from, um, from managers and stuff like that, you know, um, it was insane to say the least. I had experiences, to be honest with you, where, um, um, when I, I remember at one point where people, you've got to remember that when I'm doing a podcast like this and I'm speaking about certain controversial topics and then I'm also in a working environment, you know, and people at that work are also watching my podcast and, and seeing what I'm seeing, that that can cause a lot of issues in your, in your life, you know, because you're getting pressured by certain things that you aspects that you might have said that have triggered something in someone else maybe a manager or something and when i was in my old job i was getting loads of um loads of sort of um what's the word i'm looking for loads of flack and um, i don't know what other people use that word what's another word for flack stick like a lot of stick or a lot of um pressure by sort of managers and people like that for things that are controversial things that i might have said that's triggered in them so there's quite a lot of funny dynamics. But it also as well, when you, I kind of feel like when you know when you put yourself out there and you completely be your authentic self as well, you will actually make better relationships and stronger, have stronger um, interactions with people in them jobs. Because for example, um, some 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 really great, great uh, friends that I've made now was through me being my authentic self. And then they would actually come to me and say, oh, I heard you were talking about this. I've been talking about it, but I've been scared to talk about it. And then you actually really make really strong connections. When you embody your full authentic self, people will naturally sort of, um, you know, naturally move towards you. Um, so bear, bear in mind that as well, because there is a dynamic that plays out where we try to avoid ourselves just to fit in. But actually, in the long run, you're actually harming yourself because um, you're not going to draw them natural relationships to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that with my old job. It was like kind of like living a double life where I was going to work at McDonald's and I was like having to be this persona and then going back home and reading DMT, the spirit molecule or whatever and practicing yoga. So I feel like now that I've kind of left a work environment, I can kind of embody my, my true authentic self more. But it's hard when you're like kind of in the matrix and you're, you're having to go to these jobs where you feel like you can't be yourself because because being yourself there kind of goes against the job itself goes against your true values so being yourself there kind of feels very very difficult so yeah, yeah happy to be out of uh, the matrix at the moment super chat as well um thank you so much peter that's re- really appreciate that you said can you read that it says uh i always thought that happiness is a stable job and family but when i had it it didn't make me it didn't make me happy as i thought eventually i found out that happiness is knowledge the more you know the more happy you can be yeah definitely i agree with that you know we're all like i said before we're all just you know we're all cultivating what happiness looks like to us you know it's it's just the ongoing ongoing process to try and to try and find that like i honestly like the you know it's it's hard for us to navigate what to try and find our peace in that you know because you know we're born in a world where we're all trying to figure it out and we've got so many different things from every different level pulling us you know you might have like i did in the past you know i I had a i had a house for example i had a mortgage and stuff and then um i also had all the other things that were wrapped around that and it's kind of hard because when we when we grow up in a world we kind of you know we're not taught about alternative ways of living you're not taught about alternative perspectives you're not even taught about how the most valuable thing is is that you should be happy you know we're, we're, we're taught like i said before we're living in a mechanistic world that tries to navigate you into a certain realm you know you you go to school 
you go to college, you go to university, and you get a job and you die, and that's it. And this is kind of this is the whole thing that's played out within society. And it's hard to navigate that. You know, it's hard. It comes with a lot of pressures when you're trying to cultivate a new different type of lifestyle especially if you're in a relationship with someone else who doesn't have that same vision or if you have family around you who may be saying you know you you need to you need to have this amount of money you should have a pension you need to do this you need to do that um it's kind of hard you know to navigate it um but it's part of being human you know yeah it's part of makes it more interesting you know trying to find a find your own path it's never it's never too late as well, you know, to 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 move to your own happiness. Yeah, I also find that once once you start moving towards your own happiness, uh, if you've got family members or people around you that are stuck in that that kind of thought prison inside themselves that they have to have a, their life has to be a certain way, they have to tick off certain boxes and work through a checklist to like have a successful life. Um, once you start kind of breaking three from that programming and being your or more authentic self, I've found that it, it does definitely trigger people that are around you and they will try to pull you back into the the kind of frequency of you, you need these things because as you start to break free from it, you're, you're triggering all their, all their programming that they've put on themselves and their internal dialogue. So that's something to think about. Yeah, you're changing, you're changing the character that they have of you in their mind. You yeah, know? 100%. So Gabia says, how did you guys meet? I've forgotten if there's a video on on that or not. Uh, yeah, we, we spoke about that on our, I think it was our Twin Flame video, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'll tell you this, I'll tell the story anyway. So um, so this one night um, when I was in my low nature, oh, I went to a strip club. Oh, shut up. And Laura was pole dancing. <laughs> I think, uh, I'm not even going to go there, but I, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> yeah, um... I slid into his DMs on Instagram, basically. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't like after anything, but I just um just made a passing comment on his Instagram and kind of everything fell from there. Yeah, there was a lot of synchronicities around it as well. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of synchronicities. So Laura actually listened to the podcast as well, which is cool. I wasn't a regular listener, but I'd I'd listen to um You better be. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to um his uh, allegedly Dave one, his Clara one his flat earth debate yeah um i listened to a few of them and i listened to his uh, kundalini experience one which was interesting because one of the first podcasts i'd seen dan on was um allegedly dave in the first weekend we went away together um his podcast we, he was interviewing allegedly dave and i got to meet him so that was kind of a, it was kind a nice, of weird synchronicity yeah nice synchronicity around it but i always thought because i always knew dan existed <laughs> from the po- obviously when after i'd watched the podcast and he's lo- he, like he lived local to me and I always thought oh my god there's like two guys that are from from my area that are onto this stuff I need to like step up my game because I was like I was actually wanting to start a podcast myself I'd created like a clothing brand and I, I called that men to ascend and which I was- is interesting that she called the podcast men to ascend and obviously the podcast is called yeah ascend as well yeah so I was creating a clothing brand called men to ascend and I was also thinking about starting a podcast called Ascend and I was going through all like the different creative processes of how I would do a podcast. And I was like, oh no, it's too similar to that guy's podcast called Ascend. So I think it was, I think it was meant to be. Yeah. Claire Dyer says, um, coming out of the spiritual closet is always so daunting at first, but definitely opens up the new avenues. Yeah, it definitely does. I like how you said spiritual closet. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. It do, does feel like a closet at times. It does. It's, I feel like 
it's something that I kind of had to hide for such a, for such a long time. But now that I'm out of it, it's like I feel like more authentic than I've ever been. It's nice. Yeah. So, um, how do you say that? Ampret ad atwali. I can't even see where you're reading from. Yeah, the bot just the bottom one. It's the first one I've come down to. I just flicked it uh, down. I flicked down. He says, "Me, when did you start this spiritual journey?" Yeah. Um, so for me, it's obviously my spiritual journey started from when I was born. <laughs> um, but I, I know what you mean by that question. You know, I think we're all we're all we're all spiritual beings living in a spiritual experience. You know, and we're, we're we're sort of remembering again, finding ourselves. But I kind of feel like probably our spiritual, true spiritual experiences, you know, started in past lives. That's what I really, that's what I really feel. You know, it's um, this place that we're in here right now is not just the only reality. You know, I kind of feel like we've been on this, this wheel of this this karmic wheel of reincarnation, or if you want, if you want to call it that, where we've been trying to go around, probably going around it, around it, and again and again and again, meeting certain people, learning certain things. Like we've probably had this conversation a thousand times. You know. I really I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised some of the things I've been tapping into, um. But just from a from a three D physical level, um, I actually just started my journey when just just naturally you know I was watching videos on UFOs and, um, nine eleven, um, and ancient cultures as well was something that really triggered me anyway. For me, it was about, I think I was about nine. I was watching, I was remember watching YouTube at nine, at nine years old and I remember seeing the Bohemian Grove footage. Yeah, I remember watching that as well. I'm yeah, sure that was that, that was paradigm shifting for a nine-year-old. Like, yeah, I think I spoke about that on the last live stream. But um, from then, I always kind of had this view that there's, the world's not just physical because I'd seen a, a couple of entities when I was a kid. Yeah. It's like phasing and out of reality. Um, and then... When I was about 17, I had kind of had this moment of when I was looking around, it was kind of like a, a moment of enlightenment where I kind of put the, what's that film again? Where the, is it Rodney Piper with the glasses? And oh, puts on. Know. Oh, they live. They live. It was like a lay, they live moment where I like kind of looked around and I saw everything for kind of what it was. And then it was just kind of gradually unfolding from there until I think from about 2016 onwards was kind of my accelerated awakening yeah. process by the way alex jones is funny though alex jones is a funny character he he's like they're coming for you they're coming in your soul <laughs> oh they're here oh my god they're coming <laughs> i laughed so hard at the one he did uh, the podcast with uh, eddie bravo on joe rogan they were talking about choking jones, each yeah, other out they're, they're all gonna choke each other out i thought it was so funny <laughs> so uh see wonderful i can't wonderful van yeah, like wonderful I, van, but like. some reason i couldn't get the word out there um can we arrange a van meet would love to meet you and have a chat over a campfire in nature yeah let's do it 100 percent. that'd be um, sick yeah definitely we definitely want to do that 100 percent. we want to do a do some meet up with everyone if we can along the way it'd be class yeah it'd be good to meet like-minded people because that's kind of what we're craving for in our our day-to-day -day life at the moment so it'd be really nice to meet in person yeah yes. definitely kieran says um i think truth is a human right knowledge helps you become discerning enough to see the truth and truth is where the shadow work gets heavy yeah definitely i i, I really I, I i get that as well you know the shadow work is um you know it is it it, 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 it takes a lot it takes a lot out on, out on you know for, for example i have even for me when i'm um when i'm like really getting to the thick of layers it's like because i kind of feel like for me when i get to the shadow work i'm gonna i want to do a full video around this because a lot of people ask this question how do you do shadow work you know and there's many different ways to do shadow work which i think is really important but you know for me um 
when I'm having big experiences, when I'm altering my consciousness or I'm doing all the works really on and on, you know, it, for, there's times for me where it's, it's, it's scary, you know, it really is because um, some, Laura said to, me, said to me to me this the other day, she's not scared of the future, you know, she's scared of the past and things that are, are lodged in within in us, you know, that have to come to the surface. And I kind of feel like we've got so many things that are lodged so deep within us that um, not just knives, <laughs> but um, so many things that are lodged deep within us that we have to uh, transmute in a light, you know. Yeah. And it gets really challenging. I think it's scary, like, what you could have went through as a child but not remembered. And I think that's, there's a, I can't remember who said it, but it's, they said if you can't remember your birth, there's trauma there. And I yeah. think that... I don't have, I have a memories from my childhood, but I don't have loads of memories. So it kind of makes me question like, how, what have I blanked out? What, um, what's happened? And, and when you go deep down the rabbit hole, you realize that, you know, I've heard experiences of like the archons and uh, the greys having sort of mind, mind wiping technology and using people as hybrids to create like, um, to like create hybrid alien species and wiping their memory. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert, Exorus, I think that's how you pronounce it. But Robert anyway says, have you been on the other side of the energy spectrum as an egomaniac dark Vader type? I think there's a lot of them on the planet right now <laughs> already. Um, I'm not sure what you fully mean by that. I don't know if you just mean on, in terms of, I don't know what you mean by that. But I think, you know, I think we're all, um, we're all susceptible to that, to that lower nature of inside of ourselves. You know, we're all susceptible to, to the egomaniac, as you put it, you know, I've felt it in my life. I feel like it's a constant dance in life between trying to remove that ego part of this, not not the ego part of the self, but the, that egomaniac part of the self, and trying to transmute, uh, trying to transmute forward. But I will say it that I have had some really big experiences where um, where I have been on sort of the other side of the veil, sort of say, um, and I've been, you know, I've. It's hard to transmute this in language, you know. But I've I've been on the other side, sort of seeing. I've I've seen that true essence of who I'm, tr who I truly am, you know, of this energy being, if that makes sense. Yeah, because for me, I, I don't I don't know why I don't know why that I don't know why I fully I'm, I'm allowed to do this, <laughs> sort of say. Because you know when you when you have all these big experiences, it's kind of sometimes you I try to be humble and be like, why me? Like, why do I get to experience this? What? Because I know sometimes put people aren't having these big experiences, just like I wasn't in the past. But I haven't. I'm I'm able to. Um, I'm able to really get to that vibrational state very fast. So like, there's a neuroscientist called Robert Montenegro who's trying to study the vibrational state at the moment with in-out body experiences, and um, he actually wants to do a test on me. And when lockdown came weren't allowed to do it so I was actually going to do a podcast he's created this device where he can read uh, the vibrational state I don't know how the hell he's done it um, but it's something I want to do in the future definitely but he's actually located in France at the moment and um, I did a podcast with him in the past but he's created this new device where he can actually monitor the vibrational state and try and figure out what it is and I was telling him that you know I can activate that vibrational state very very fast Um and he wants to actually do an experiment where he puts his nodes on us and stuff like that and uh, do some tests. So that would be cool for you guys to see that on the podcast of, of what comes up and what happens. Um, but there's other people around the world who can access that vibrational state very fast and it's really interesting if you look into it. Yeah, I think... Um... Because the question is, have you been on the other side of the energy spectrum as an egomaniac, dark Vader type? I, I have like a spin on this because... The electromagnetic spectrum is like um, 
so it's ultraviolet light at the the higher end and it's what's it um what's at the bottom end again i don't know ultraviolet at the top and there's something else at the bottom i can't remember the name of it but anyway the red the color red is at the bottom because the i think it's the the frequency's slower so there's like a lower frequency what's interesting how the if it's red then it's is that linked to the to the to the base root base root chakra? Yeah, that's where I, that's where I was going with it. I think what's happening is they've kind of locked the system, kind of tries to lock us in the the, the root chakra and the base the base root fears. And when I was in that kind of frequency as a child, I saw an entity which was red and black, which would be the the color of like the the bottom chakra and what's underneath it the black the darkness Darth Darth Maul looking Darth, it was Darth Maul looking I've also seen the same thing as well which is mad yeah so I think there's there's some reason why we've both seen that which we haven't really uncovered yet but yeah um so I definitely feel like I have been on that end of the spectrum and I think I was attracting that entity because of the the frequency I was on of of, of terror and despair and it kind of had to show itself to me for a certain reason which I haven't really figured yeah. out yet but yeah definitely been on that end of the spectrum yeah and just while laura's trying to find another question i will add a little bit of that just to give you another a little bit of an interesting gem infrared not, yeah not to take it too not to take it too dark or anything but some of the information that i found about that what that darth mullen darth mull darth mull looking like um person is that we've seen is supposedly a royal reptilian which is really interesting yeah um cradle mutwa says that and i've got a video about um i don't know what video i did about it it was can't remember. can't remember it was i've definitely got that that footage of cradle mutt in one of my videos i just can't remember exactly which one it is yeah uh so jelly bean says i don't like transhumanism but uh do you guys think that perhaps merging with ai can potentially be the next part of our evolution to ascend to higher states of consciousness are we going back to source yeah so for me i don't think it is i, I used to know. i used to think it was i used to think that um you know i read all the books on reoccur as well and um Arthur C. Clarke and everything, you know, about... I read the book Spiritual Machines. Uh, that was the premise of that book was all about how, you know, that what basically that, what you're ask, that question that you're asking, that the next uh, stage in spiritual evolution is going to be us merging our consciousness with machines. And for me, I feel like that's the complete wrong way to go, you know. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, we don't need to merge our... We definitely, 100%, do not need to merge ourselves with any beings to become any more spiritual. In my opinion, I think that'll be a, a de-evolution of ourselves. You know, yeah. we have all the tools. The body itself, the body itself is a. What I've been learning is that yes, we're not these bodies, but also these bodies that we're in right now do have some sort of synchronistic, like biological effect, whatever you want to call it. That as you do work, there is certain biological elements in our body that are helping that work you know so like for example um you know we've got the pineal gland in the body there's also the the christ-like fluid that's in the body that um many different people uh, ancient scholars in the past talked about so we're already in the greatest machines you know we're just we were already you know there's a famous quote that says we're already in ferraris but no one even takes it out of the garage you know yeah i think there's a very dark agenda about merging consciousness with the artificial intelligence it was about two years ago where I had a vision I was as I was falling asleep of what a human would look like merged with a machine and it was really cold and scary it was just like a mechanistic human and it felt like its soul wasn't there yeah so that picture was so Laura's picture that that was when we first met you showed us that didn't yeah. you no that I had actually I had a vision of it but then I saw I saw a piece right. of artwork that that kind of mirrored how I'd been feeling about my yeah. well what I think about AI and I sent it to Dan so it was kind of like a 
it was kind of like a guy, like an, it looked like an astronaut. That's what it looked like. It looked like an astronaut with a helmet on, but it was actually a guy sort of half embodied in the actual machine itself. It looked like, how I interpret it was, it was like a, there was a, there was like a, a siphon of energy. It was like a human being's face and body stuck to this this energy source that was siphoning its energy out of it. And that's how I, I think um, yeah. artificial intelligence just to go do. Just to go a little bit deep, because I like doing this as well, there's a lot of theories that when um, people are talking about uh, grey aliens, a lot of people say that the grey aliens' consciousnesses are actually in, um, they're in like some sort of like machine-like thing. Like So the greys are actually some kind of machine that their consciousness is in. So then what, what they're navigating to come to this realm. I don't know whether that's true or not, but yeah. that's what I've heard. I've actually had an experience with the greys. I had an out-of-body experience when I saw like four little, or three or four little greys at the end of my driveway. But what I think with AI is, uh, to get back to that, is I think it's drawn us further and further into left hemisphere polarised consciousness, which is like rationality, linear thinking, and it's and it's taken away our intuition and emotional as- aspect because you can rationalise anything. You could rationalise a genocide if you wanted to. And I think with artificial intelligence, it's taken us out of our heart-based emotions, that which would which where like compassion and empathy comes from, which kind of stop us from stop us from like self-serving acts of egoism and destructive destructive tendencies. So there's a really interesting um, show on net. Was it? It's a movie on Netflix called I Am Mother, which is about an artificial like an AI that was that's raising children. And if I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's. Uh, it's dance with that yeah, dynamic. Yeah, it dances with that dynamic of how machines can be very I don't know, what's the word for Controlling it? Very self sadistic in in pursuit of pursuit of pursuit of what what's in pursuit of a goal. Yeah, they can be sadistic in pursuit of whatever goal that that's programmed into them. I think obviously yeah, the ex machina also the film Ex Machina as well also represents that, you know, of how they can like use their human-like tendencies to subdue people to 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 attain whatever goal they want, you know. Let me have a look. Yeah, for for me though, with artificial intelligence, I think we're just we're just moving further and further away from ourselves. You know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to just escape the self. Yeah. There's one about um, cannabis up there. Do you see it? Yeah, I've got it. Do you want to read it? Yeah. So Mike says. Um, Cannabis is such a powerful tool for shadow work, T- too powerful sometimes, especially with very high TH levels from decades of s- selective breeding. Yeah. <laughs> selective breeding. Yeah. I want some of your crop. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've had some pretty bad panic attacks when I've been high on weed because it's like there's not enough CBD to, cal- to kind of balance out the THC. But that, that was kind of a few years ago and I haven't experienced anything like that since, but... Yeah, it's it's a really. I think weed, weed was a good um, introduction into spirituality for me. It was a kind of a, a gateway into realizing that um, the dimensional reality isn't just matter; it's it's energy as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, for me, it's one of the things that me and Laura experiment with a lot is weed. You know, we take weed a lot um, uh, because for us, it's kind of we just you know we take a couple of hits on a bong, and it's kind of just it's a little nudge to the work sometimes for us to get us get the dumb monkey mind over that line, you know, sort of see and really be embedded within the work. And we've had some really mad experiences, but I would, I will say that um, one of the little tip that I've learned is that you can, you can sort of 
cultivate an environment to, to help that work so it's not as it's not as dense if that makes sense so you can use something that i've been testing with a few times i've used guided meditations so very loving like nurturing guided meditations that sort of that nurture that experience um can be very healing so i kind of feel like um because you know a lot of people take psychedelics and they'll play on video games and um, take weed and they'll play on video games and stuff and for me that's not right you know um it, ne- it needs to be yeah. respected so guided medit try get it if you are going to do it you know guided meditations like a loving guided meditation is really interesting you know to do yeah very he- very healing so uh kai says were those out-of-body experiences experienced through a high or, or a dream or in full-on consciousness um when i experienced them it was like a at, it's hard to explain i was i was in bed and i was i was coming out of dreaming but i, I seen an entity by my bed and then I like slipped into that kind of consciousness where I was traveling out my outside my body and I thought it was a dream until like a, a couple of months later where I realized that it was like a, a astral projection experience because it was um it was like my consciousness was just traveling down the driveway and then as soon as I saw the entities the greys I just shit myself and jumped back into my body kind of thing uh, CP Crisp said, "There's a Darth Maul-looking entity that attaches itself to a child in a movie. Can't remember the name of though, but it's about ten years old, I think. I think that might be Insidious. Yeah, yeah, film. yeah. It's Insidious. It is. It is. Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. What we've seen, you know. Yeah, it was. It was very similar to that. Um, which kind of makes me think where where the people getting these ideas from, you know, to write the character of Darth Maul in Star Wars and to, to make that character in Insidious that lives in the astral realm. Yeah, it's like." You know, these people are having obviously insights and a deeper spiritual experience. Just to go super deep as well, like I kind of feel like in our lives we all go through traumatic events, and I feel like when you're likely to invite and it kind of kind of feels like you can experience these these dark dark darker aspects when you you're more susceptible when you're in a spiritual awakening, for example, and you're very open, um, and also when you are going through traumatic events in your maybe in your childhood or your life, you can also be deceptible to and open to these these darker energies you know um there's this is really interesting this is something that i've been learning a lot um but there's a few few interesting minds over the years have talked about this um about how on this planet right now there is a there's a, a dynamic playing out where our energy is being fought over you know like between the lower nature and the higher nature and for example, you know, if you're having if you're having sex with someone, and you're in that you know that lustful tendency, you're in that lower nature where it's it's you know it's take take take. For example, it's all about the the lustful energies. That's an energy that a lot of minds in the past have spoke about. When you are having an interaction of sex and you're in that lustful state of mind, that's when entities and things are feeding off your your lower nature yeah. a lot. I've definitely felt that, and I also feel like. I've spoke about this before, but when, you know, at our highest nature, we're created in love. God created us in love, source, whatever you want to call it. And when a child comes into this world, it's meant to be through the the physical act of love. And if you're having sex with somebody and it's very lustful and dirty and, and lower vibrational and energy, and you're wanting to create a child through that, I think that's going to be quite damaging for the child. Obviously, I don't have any evidence for that. It's just what my intuitions tell me. Like, if I want to create a child, we'll have to make we'll have to make love to make a child not be in that lower vibrational lustful energy. Hundred percent. 
So Chris says, you are using YouTube, you are merged with machines already. Yeah, that's something that I really, I really struggle with on my day to day is like how much I use my phone, what I use my phone for. I, I swapped my phone for like a, a brick phone for a while. And then I've been having this like dilemma inside my head of like wanting to use Instagram to kind of promote myself. And I love expressing myself through writing and, and photography through Instagram. So it's it's kind of a, a, a messed up dance that a kind of relationship that we have that I have with technology at the moment. But it's just kind of being as mindful and as conscious as you can be and not just mindlessly using it. Yeah, so exactly for, for for me on my journey, something that I've done is is that I've cultivated a scenario in my mind where I will only consume what is actually good for me. So, um, you know, in our daily life, you can go through feeds, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. But if you've got, you know, because your feed and who you follow and what podcast you listen to are... You know, they are your consciousness. It is your circle. There's a famous saying that says, "If you, wherever who your five friends are you, and your close circle, you become that energy, you know, you become them five friends. And, you know, you've got to kind of see the whole life like that, you know. The foods that you eat become your friends, become your consciousness. The videos that you watch become your consciousness. Um, and obviously I know that you're choosing positive things, you know, because I, I know that this podcast is a positive thing. So you, you're choosing, choosing that wisely, but also it's a process trying to filter out maybe other things that we maybe spend too much time doing or something that maybe not helping us that you slowly you've got to move out. So it's just a process, you know, just try and manage your, try and manage everything in your life from the position of attaining the higher consciousness. I think we're all doing that though. It's a process, you know. We're not all perfect at it. We're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. So Kieran says, how do you prompt an astral projection while streaming? Is there a definitive starting point or evolution or sequence of events to watch for? I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't know. I've only had one out-of-body experience that I've just uh, just explained there. And times where I've been lying down doing a meditation to do an astral projection, it hasn't worked. So... And for me, I just, I remember the seeing an entity and then being told by a psychic that an entity had taken me out of my body where I really recalled the events that had happened. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not an expert in astral projection. I'd say, I'd say research the work of um, Robert Monroe yeah, and also William Bullham as well has got some really interesting stuff on astral projection. Um, there is certain techniques I know that you can do. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not big on, lucid, uh, on astral projection. It's more lucid dreaming for me. But with astral projection, there is certain techniques where you can do called like wobble. I think it's called wobble techniques and stuff where you can actually uh, visualize you coming, like moving out your body, wobbling out your body. There's stuff like that. There's also a lot of interesting information on the on the cord as well. So, for example, we they believe that we all have when you astral project, we all have a spiritual cord that keeps you tied to your physical body. And there's also an interesting argument as well, that a question that I've asked myself of when that spiritual cord is tied to us and we're moving through astral projection and um, can entities sort of enter in our body you know if we're not if we not we don't understand how to be attached to our body properly you know yeah that's something that freaks me out as well it's like if something can attach itself to our auric field i don't think it can, i don't think it can but there's people spoke about it robert Monroe in his book journeys out of the body speaks about that as well of having a, a an altercation with an entity where he, he was he felt like he was fighting to like get back into his body over this entity so 
it's interesting but kind of scary that kind it's kind of puts me off the idea of astral projection a little bit it shouldn't though because even like all the greatest minds who i will say that they all say you know fear is the thing that blocks you from the higher realms like when you do deep work you have to understand like the spiritual thing visualizations and practice you can do but even just having the understanding the fact that you know you all you are always protected you know um yeah it's it's very important. I think I'm still working on this myself, but removing the fears is a is a is a is a limit is a limitation of accessing them higher realms. But there's also because fear is paralyzing. Uh, you know, it, it really is. It is. But there's also a part of me that thinks that you know the higher the higher realms might let the let horrible things happen to you to be a lesson to kind of have more discernment and have more protection about you when you do certain things. Yeah. So but I think that I think psychedelics chance. do that as well. Psychedelics yeah. definitely do that. The hundred percent. The give you an arse kicking when you're taking it you know t- you're taking it too lightly or something yeah 100 <laughs> percent. so robert said do you think everybody when dying will be open to truth and jump out of the matrix automatically or not it's the you know that's the million dollar question what happens when we transition this realm you know and die i've had a personal experience myself you know that um with uh, my granddad my granddad died and um he had cancer and when he passed over, you know, that's if anyone, I don't know if anyone's out there is, 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 has been beside someone when they've passed over, but it's a, it's a really beautiful experience when someone actually leaves this physical realm. Um, it's like the only way I can describe it, the language I can use, it's like a lightness comes over the, over the person. It's like you actually see the, that energy system transfer, remove. And I remember that was when my granddad died. I remember I wasn't fully awakened and having these big experiences like I had now. But at that moment, I really got him. I tuned into that moment and really felt because I was very close to my granddad, and I really felt something happen in my body, which I understand it more now of what was happening. You know, it was like the inner, the inner chemistry, the inner, the inner sort of the inner metaphysical principles that work through us all were activating, and he was speaking to me in that way through through me. You know, through my feelings, if that makes sense. It's hard to explain this, but um. You know that's solidified to me that when we do pass over, it's you're not, it's not, it's not just nothing. It's not just blackness. You know, it's not just when you die, you die, and that's it. You know, yeah. it's not that. You know, um, a hundred percent the experiences I've had fully know that it's it, it's not just that. Um, and what was the friend said? What was the question again? Just to read it again. I can't remember what uh, he said. When dying, will be open to truth and shown out of the matrix automatically or not? Yeah, I feel like um. Everything that I, all the work that I've been doing is I kind of feel like this seems to be the common theme of all the work and what we're here for. There seems to be some sort of judgment aspect, in my opinion. So I wouldn't be surprised if if something like what the ancient Egyptians talked about, where, you know, you, there is a judgment where you, your soul will be weathered against, uh, your soul will be weird against a feather. And you will, you know, if you, that'll determine where you move on to the next realm. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens, because um, I feel like what this place is we're all moving out certain emotions certain traumas and things like that and we're becoming lighter and lighter and lighter and i feel like you know that the work that we do on this realm dictates where we go on the next that's that's what that's what i fully believe yeah i think if we come back you know yeah i think dolores cannon spoke about that saying that if like as we're ascending towards like the golden age if you're not like clearing out those emotional wounds and that you're going to be taken to a planet where you can kind of work off that karma as the earth ascends into the the new the new earth but yeah interesting mike mike says uh i lost a good friend to that dark energy he became too open and just got taken over 
and he never seemed the same after that. Part of him isn't there. Yeah, I've had that with them. Um, I've had this with something, someone quite close to us when I had, when I had a lot of psychic attacks going on at the time in my life. The person I was really close to was kind of becoming more and more consumed by dark energy, and I don't know if that was a kind of a, an an attack on me through him or whatever. But I've definitely had experience with that. It's um. Who was that guy on Joe Rogan's podcast who he had the ayahuasca experience and he spoke to the devil? I, uh, Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus on Joe Rogan, he, he also had that kind of experience where he did ayahuasca and the devil kind of took one of his loved ones who had who was suffering from mental health like issues. And the Aubrey Marcus was kind of saying to him that it's, you know, I understand that it's part of the plan, you need to be here and all these sorts of things. So, yeah, it's I don't know... That's the thing. I don't know how much like can people be affected by our spiritual awakening, or is it is it their own is it their own kind of life path that's unfolding? That's the kind of thing I'm working on in my mind at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think this this place is when I, when I've been doing lots of deep work. I feel like you know this this work is so multidimensional that I think we you know we at times if we feel like adolescents, like teenagers, moving into these higher realms and dancing with you know, things that we that we don't fully understand. Um it's kinda it's kinda humbling in a way because, you know, when you go to them deep realms where you you know, you're faced with some form of darkness or you see maybe see an entity or something, you kinda feel like we've got so much more to go, you know, we've got so much more that we don't understand or maybe stuff that we haven't activated with inside of ourselves. Um this place is it's mind blowing at times, man. It really it really is like to to really fully understand and get to the depths of to understand like what when we are altering our consciousness and we're moving in these realms what's going on what's happening when we're seeing entities and we're taking dmt and you know having lucid dreams and stuff like that it's like you know what is going on this place is in it's insane to say the least it just gets more i feel like the more you go down the path it just gets more and more magical i really do i really believe that yeah 100 percent. should i answer one more or read one more comment yeah so um mike says you should watch spirit sciences video on the tree of death the mirror opposite of the tree of life. I think that helped me understand how that darkness had influenced had influence on my friend. There's, a, there's also a really interesting documentary on spirit science, by the way, as well. I think it's called The Martians, I think, or The Mars Martians or something. And it's like talking about this dynamic between um, how um, basically it's like a cartoon representation. I love how spirit science does that. And it talks about this representation of, of I think it's talking about the story of Atlantis and how um, the Atlanteans were on planet earth which makes sense as well a lot of the work i've been doing now how you know people call this the atlantean realm it's like atlantis wasn't a place this was the little earth was actually another name for it was called the atlantean realm um and these sort of mars martians who were more um more in the ego more reptilian like came down to earth and seduced that uh, seduced the atlanteans to the lower nature and you know like affected this whole realm and that's what's kind of playing out right now. You know, Mars Mars is really interesting to me because Mars keeps popping up um, again and again all the time uh, in regards to, um, you know, the nature of reality. There seems to be something to do with Mars, whether it's just metaphor or something, but there seems to be some sort of dynamic that's playing out with um, Mars and stuff. Yeah. What does that one say? Which one? Yeah, that's interesting there. Um, Mike said again, synthetic macabre and the attempt to cut oneself from the source of consciousness. Well, the macabre is interesting. That 
if any if any any of you out there want to um, you know want to look into the macabre, look do the really look into the research of the macabre because it's 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 so fascinating. There's so many. There seems like um, things that I've come across. It seems like there's something to do with the macabre and the transferring of consciousness into this realm. So I would research that anyway. Should we leave it there? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for turning up. It's really uh, it's really refreshing. Like I always say this, but it's really refreshing to see everyone come together in this hangout. It's really nice. Yeah, it's nice to chat with just like-minded people and and kind of not feel alone in these times because cause it can be quite isolating in our day-to-day life when there's not a lot of people to bounce these ideas off. So it's nice to have a, like a little space where we can all chat. Yeah, definitely. Peace yeah. and love. Peace and love. Catch, Catch you in the next, next one. one. Peace out. Bye. Thanks so much for checking out that cute, cool Q&A there. You've got to admit, we definitely dove really deep 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 <laughs> dove really deep and um uh, covered a really lot of interesting stuff anyway so if you can as always check out the one-off donation option and the patreon page really goes such a long way to help me keep doing what i'm doing even just the price of a cup of coffee you know um the conscious tip service where um for the podcast goes such a long way and i really appreciate it if you could help out through that anyway i'm also now offering some one-on-one personal coaching if that interests you on your journey and you need a bit of advice or you need a friend just to bounce some ideas off i'm more than happy to do so i'm actually also just been uh, working with a, an, another guy at the moment who he just wanted some help with his youtube channel um and his pod how to get his pod his own podcast up which is really cool and um, so i'm helping him do that as well so you know there's there's many different things i can uh, help you with um i've done a lot of work from many different angles from health um to business to to many different areas anyway so Feel free to reach out, and um, you know I'm willing to help. Willing, willing to help, and offer my service to anyone. So anyway, just to play this out, this is a beautiful song. It is called "This Is Us Colliding" by someone called Talus. It's beautiful anyway. So enjoy the song wherever you're in the world. Keep seeking as always, and I'll catch you in the next one. Peace out. Across my heart's and face it all. We speak with iron tongues and temper the heart for me. Our love bore the winding sea. If I was you, then I'd take it all back. Our love bore the
could be lost to be saved Feel the waters are wild again I'm always sworn against the sky I love for the world you see I was you Too